I have a Christmas themed fuck Mary Kill for you. Fuck yes. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm okay. ready. So fuck Mary Kill. Tim Allen from Santa Claus. <laughs> okay. Alright. Um, Buddy the Elf from Elf. So Will Ferrell. Okay. But like more their character, not like them. Like yeah, the character yeah. they play. So all right. Um Santa Claus from the Santa Claus. Uh Buddy the Elf from Elf. And uh Oh shit. I had it. Oh, I had it. No. Oh, oh, Jim Carrey's the Grinch. I knew you were gonna do that one. <laughs> I knew it because that was gonna be mine if I get if I can come up with one. Um I would marry the Grinch because I feel like we have a lot in common. Okay. Uh, he's very relatable because he doesn't hate Christmas. He just hates people and totally down with that. Um, and he has a dog. Like, they're perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I would f- fuck the Santa Claus. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I just feel like one buddy the elf would be too innocent and. I know Santa kind Claus, of like childlike, which is gross. Now that I think creepy, that. though he has a baby in the movie, which is creepy at the mm-hmm. end. But um, you don't know; he could be down with some weird shit. Uh, he whatever is. if he's like a mix of, you know, Tim Taylor and the Santa Claus, like get some tools involved. It might be fun. Oh and yeah, then, <laughs> um, and kill Buddy the Elf because I just cannot stand that level of Christmas excitement. Truthfully, okay, so. Mine would be, I would also kill Buddy the Elf. Oh, I'm going to get, everyone's going to hate me, but I don't love that movie. It's like, it's like obnoxious as fuck to me. That's, I mean, that's fair. I I do not, we all know I don't like Christmas, Mm -hmm. but I actually do like Elf. Like that, I'll watch Elf anytime. Really? But I also just... I I love the annoying part of it, I guess. Like I don't hate it. It's just it's definitely not one of my favorites. I could okay. certainly go a Christmas season without watching it. That's fair. So I'm killing Buddy. Okay. I, I think I'm I'm gonna marry Santa Claus because he was a he was like a sweet, tender hearted man in that. Like yeah. he got to be. Um, okay. Like toward the end. I would marry him and I love the Grinch, I guess. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> why not absolutely i realize i took um some of the like big ones but do, if you have one I'm i would try while i'm thinking one what is your favorite christmas movie um i do really like the santa claus that was a, that's like a really nostalgic one for me okay. oh but like my family we always watch a christmas story okay that's probably okay. my favorite uh and it's just so like it a Christmas story. It's so like telling of like the dysfunction like of families mm-hmm. at Christmas mm-hmm. too, which I kind of appreciate. Okay, what's yours? None, none of them. I actually love National Lampoons. Oh yeah, that's funny too. That's one of Joe's favorites. Um, but Die Hard is a Christmas movie, so we'll count that. Um, and uh, I mean The Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. So that's, you know, not, not bad. Okay. So another FMK could be, uh, Chevy Chase, uh, his character in National Lampoon. Uh, the uncle from National Lampoon. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Uh, Mary Shitter School Guy. <laughs> and uh like the dad from a christmas story uh. <laughs> i don't know if i can get down with any of that i mean i, I listen. never understood how the dad from the a christmas story and the mom were married he seemed so fucking old mm-hmm. and she was young and had a little bit of a funky hair like perm thing but she was like pretty hot yeah like she yeah. was a, she was a pretty lady like and he just seems so old and crotchety. I was like, how the fuck does that work? I will say Chevy Chase in his young days could fucking get it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So like, you know, can I just. Yeah, I don't. I guess I'd marry him. Fuck the uncle and 
kill the dad from a Christmas story. The uncle's like redneck. Like that might be fun. I don't know. <laughs> I I guess I'd have to go with that too because <laughs> I I cannot fuck or marry the Christmas story dad. No. I gotta I don't know enough Christmas movies. Christmas movie characters to come up with <laughs> I love that whenever you type in well, iconic Christmas movie characters, the four that come up are Kevin McAllister, mm-hmm. George Bailey, John McClane, and Hans Gruber <laughs> from Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's funny. Okay. Um, oh, I got, I got, I got, I got one at least. Okay. okay. I didn't think about Home Alone. That's another good one. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, Billy Bob Thornton and Bad Santa. Mm. You could still get it. Um, I don't know. No. Yukon Cornelius from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. You, oh, no. Oh, well. Oh, my God. If In a live action version, Nick Offerman would totally play him. Yeah. And he could also get it. Kind of, right? Like. Yeah. I love. I love Nick Offerman. Okay. Billy Bob Thornton. Yukon uh, Cornelius. Or. I guess George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, he's got that classic look. Okay. Ooh. Damn, I don't really want to kill any of them. I know. <laughs> hmm. Okay, I'm gonna... I'm gonna have to fuck Billy Bob Thornton. That's just... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm gonna have to marry George Bailey. Okay. So I guess I gotta kill Yukon. Yeah, which, all right. Which pains me. I don't want to. I mean, I think I have to agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm, yeah. Glad, I'm glad we got we we answered that fucking earth shattering question. Yeah, I am giving us a, an icebreaker for next week's episode now. Okay. Or we can do it now because technically this is going to go out on Christmas week. Yeah. You ready? Uh huh. Favorite Christmas song. Like, I'm talking top of the charts for you. I can take two. Okay, tell me. Uh, Dominic the Donkey is my all-time favorite. Okay, that makes me want to die. Why? I hate all of those cutesy little Christmas songs. I hate uh, All I Want for Christmas is My Tooth Front Teeth. I fucking hate that. Dominic the Donkey. I, it was just kind of like a staple in our house. Like, okay. The Italian Christmas Donkey. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Have you seen um, that meme that said we are the granddaughters of the grandmothers that your reindeer couldn't run over or something? Oh like my that? god. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, and then my I guess my second is tied. Eartha Kitt's Santa Baby. Okay. Because just perfection. Um, but also, uh, this is going to blow your mind. Um, I actually fucking love any version of what child is this? Oh yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, religious song I realize, but when I hear it, like I get goosebumps and like, I feel all like, Ooh, and I don't know why. Okay. When it's singing. Something about the like notes are hitting. Yeah. I have like like a physical reaction to it and I think that's why I like it. It's always been one of my favorites. Um, I think I love Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. That one is like really okay. nostalgic to me. Yeah, it makes classic. Me like, yeah, it makes I like the classic ones. It makes you think yeah. of my grandparents. Um, I also, uh, oh, I really do like Baby It's Cold Outside, but I know it's oh, it's so rapey, I but know, I love it too. But I, I do actually love it. I do too, and I, I, I think. I think that now we're like, ooh, but 
I don't think it was like badly intended for the time it was written. No, it it wasn't. And like, I think a lot of times with this kind of stuff, we have, we, I'm not excusing the behavior. Let me be clear about what I'm about to say. It's still fucked up and rapey, but at the time it was seen as sweet that he was trying to like coerce her to stay yeah and like you know it was a different time and i guess we need to acknowledge that but still rapey but yeah also it's yeah. just i do really like that song too I do. and i feel dirty for saying it but damn it have you just heard make- the, the john legend one that was trying to be all like politically correct it's gone no. awful <laughs> oh my god you have to look that up you can't you it, cannot make it politically correct. It is god awful. It is oh. so bad. No, no. Wait, I just me, I gotta read you like a cringy lyric. Okay. Um. Okay. God, Eartha Kit just was stunning. Can't get over it. Sorry. I was looking that up because now I really want to listen to <laughs> that version. Oh, I can't find it. Oh, it's just so bad. Oh, okay, wait, maybe. <laughs> These are the complete lyrics to John Legend and Kelly Clarkson's Woke Baby oh, Jesus. Cold Outside remake. Just acknowledge that it's problematic and fucking, you know. It, oh, oh, okay. Like one lyric is, if I have one more drink, and then, oh shit, oops, there it is. Um, if I have one more drink, which I think is what the woman says, it's Kelly Clarkson, I guess. Um, and then, and then the John Legend's part, it's it's your body and your choice. <laughs> cringy i just got secondhand embarrassment from that lyric it's so fucking it's so no oh my god no uh no just acknowledge that it's problematic and enjoy it as you listen to it and just know that it's not okay that's you know so really i'd better scurry your driver his name is murray because like john legend called an uber jesus (laughs) why uh and then she's like she's like i have to say no 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 sir and then john legend's like then you really ought to go 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 <laughs> like he's like get the fuck out i can't i, can't. <laughs> I cannot oh Ew. man it's just that's worse than the fucking original as far as i'm concerned like <laughs> i can't uh yeah, nope. I think the it's your body and your choice. That's just it's like such an after school special. Uh, all right. I mean, yeah. I guess like you tried, but it could have could have an attempt better. was made. An attempt was made. Not <laughs> not a great one, but one was Mm-mm. made. Ugh. Do you have any updates <laughs> while um, I continue to be disgusted over that? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna send you the video later so you can listen to that. Mm, um, okay. And you're like great. Uh, okay, so I do have a Purvis Pain update. So okay. I got this on, when did I get this? On t- Tuesday. Um, there, so there had been a possibility that the judge on Purvis Pain's case might have ruled on Tuesday uh, on how he will serve the rest of his sentence. But she's actually going to issue a written ruling by January 24th, based on, quote, compelling arguments from both sides. So I think that's a really good sign because she's like actually like trying to give it some time so she can hear out all all the arguments. So it looks like that hasn't actually been. um, The two consecutive life sentences hasn't hasn't been like set in stone yet. Okay, they're waiting for a ruling from her. So. I thought that was pretty good. Pretty good yeah. news. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nothing for Tamla. Uh, no, nothing okay. for Tamla. 
And it seriously, like that petition, you gotta sign it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just creeping along. Mm. Yeah, no, nothing new. Okay. All right. Uh, I got a crazy ass story for you. Do you have any? I am. Uh, all I want for Christmas is a Somerton man to be identified. <laughs> Read but- <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't have any updates. Okay. Well, this is a this is a story uh, suggestion from Lauren again. <laughs> okay. Our, She's our- always coming in with these bangers. I know. And I don't know where she gets them because I feel like I listen to a good bit of like crazy shit, like podcasts and stuff. But she just comes in with these obscure ass stories that are always like really fun to research. Yeah. Mm. I got two words for you. Drag queen. Fuck yeah. Yep. So my sources are, I used a couple of Wikipedia pages. Um, I used a, oh, a really, really good um, new, like article from New York Magazine from May 2nd, 1994 by Jeannie Russell Kassendorf called the drag queen had a mummy in her closet and i also yes okay i know a very fitting a very fitting headline uh she just went she just went right there uh but i also used an article from atlas obscura i will tell you while the (laughs) the title was a little like what the fuck it definitely would have made me read the article i'll tell you that exactly so but it's like she did she pulled no punches with that with that title like yeah she just like you know you know exactly what it's gonna be about (laughs) okay we ready yep all right so dorian Corey was an influential drag performer and fashion designer born frederick legg on june 6 1937 in buffalo new york Dorian got her start in the arts and design field when she began working as a window display designer at the department store Kangaroos in Buffalo. Sometime in the 50s, she left Buffalo to pursue her studies in fashion design at Parsons School of Design in New York City. Um, in the 1960s and 70s, Dorian began performing drag and cabaret acts with the Pearl Box Review. Corey was also the founder of the Voguing House of Corey, holding over 50 grand prizes from the Voguing Balls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are you laughing at balls? A mixture of both. Because I, have you ever watched, like, the competitions? No, I really haven't, I guess. They're so fun. There's like think, This sounds like a fucking riot. Like, this yeah. sounds so funny and cool. Like, not funny, but I just mean, like, so whimsical and like yes yeah i knew what you meant by funny you just like so yeah. cool yes okay all right and for anyone who doesn't know because i definitely didn't like i've heard of voguing but like yeah i i looked at i actually like looked it up and it's a style of dance that arose it actually arose from the from harlem uh the ballroom culture as um danced by mo like primarily like black gay and trans people um, from the early 1960s through the 1980s. And the Harlem Renaissance shaped this distinctly Black, like, LGBTQ culture in Harlem um, from 1920 to 1935, which included, um, like, advancement in literature, the arts, um, music, and dem- demonstration that um, aspects like race, gender, sexuality can be like uh fluid and can like intersect so it was like real. it was really goddamn revolutionary like yeah yeah um if you have not ever watched like a a voguing competition just do it it sounds like a fucking riot like it sounds awesome it's it's really like i i was laughing because you said balls but i started (laughs) smiling before i started laughing because i was just thinking about like some of the ones i've watched online and i've been like oh my god that looks amazing they're like, so they're so cool and it's such yeah. a, it's such a culture it's such a like yes counterculture yeah. yeah um but of course voguing gained like mainstream popularity with madonna's song and her music video uh vogue in 1990 so really we we fucking whiteies don't know mm. like anything about the history we only know it because of madonna largely um so cory what Meh. Meh on Madonna? Yeah, I just... 
I don't know. Fair enough. I like, yeah, you know. Uh, so Dory and Corey also ran and designed a uh, clothing label called Corey Design and was in the 1990 documentary called Paris is Burning, uh, which is a critically acclaimed film by Jenny Livingston that was all about like the LGBT, Black and Latino led drag ball culture in New York City during the 80s. <clears throat> so she was fucking Dorian Corey was iconic in mm -hmm. this world like she did she really did a lot for the culture and not very many people know about her every time you say dorian Corey, i want you to know that i hear my brain separates it and i hear dory and Corey. <laughs> so it's I like think about that yeah i'm dory like having processing dory issues and dory and Corey. <laughs> yeah i'm having pro like processing issues there but continue that just, sounds like a that sounds like a nick jr tv show it really does or like like not even nick jr it sounds like it could have been like like victorious and uh what's the one with fucking jamie lynn spears oh fucking zoe 101 zoe 101 yeah like yeah. oh welcome back to dory and Corey. yeah uh okay <laughs> anyway I'll, I'll pitch yeah. i'll pitch that to nickelodeon great <laughs> um so we lost dorian way too soon on august 29th 1993 she died from aids related complications at the age of 56 mm. yeah that's like such a fucking bummer because now like hiv can be so managed and it like mm -hmm. does not equal death <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. we just lost so many people and so many figures like this that really made a big impact. Um, which she really did on the Dragon Ballroom scene in New York City. Uh mm. friends, friends and family remember her philosophy that, quote, everybody wants to make an impression, some mark upon the world. You don't have to bend the whole world. I think it's better just to enjoy it. Pay your dues and just enjoy it. If you shoot an arrow and it goes real high, hooray for you. I know, like precious. Yeah. She just seems like a just like a genuine soul, even just right. reading about her. Okay, so now let's cut to some fucking crazy shit. Are you ready? Yeah, yes. Okay. So in October of 1993, which was just two months <clears throat> after Dorian's death, Lois Taylor, a fellow drag queen and friend of Dorian's who served as her caretaker, um, I think for like several might have been for like several years before her what death. A good friend. Really good friend. Um, she entered Dorian's Harlem apartment with two other men. Uh, the men were searching for Halloween costumes and Lois hoped to sell them some of Dorian's outfits, which is why I, at first I was like, is that like kosher? Like it was probably part of like the will or whatever, right? And, or something and it, and it was. Yeah. She Dorian it, instructed her to do that she said take whatever you want and then like sell the rest okay um so yeah i was all like it was all up to code because i was okay. it, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way but it was absolutely what dorian told her to do and what she wanted okay um so during their search they came across an old garment bag in one of the closets it was impossible to move um and so much so and it was like so overstuffed and heavy that they couldn't like find the zipper so they just took a pair of scissors and cut it open. They were met with a horrific odor and a grisly sight. Inside, mm. they found a partially mummified corpse with a bullet hole in its skull. The corpse was found in the fetal position wearing boxer shorts. Also encased with the remains were several flip-top beer cans, which were popular in the U.S. in the 60s and 70s, suggesting that the body may have been there for decades so holy shit i looked these up because i was like is that just like a regular pop top but it's actually like a different kind of a different sort of can um, like the whole top pulls off i yeah i think so like okay the, the tab on them um looks like looks different okay uh so that's how they were able to see like this wasn't they weren't modern like pool tabs they were yeah old. um so, so that's fucking wild. Um, right. So miraculously, Detective Raul Figura, I hope I'm saying that right. I don't know if I am, uh, was able to pull fingerprints off the corpse. And it was identified as Robert Bobby Worley, born on uh, December 18th, 1938. 
Uh, police found that he had also used an alias, Robert or, or Bobby Wells. Um, and they found a pretty gross rap sheet on Bobby. He, Great. Yeah. So he served three years in jail for raping a woman in 1963. And by all accounts, it appeared that he had been estranged from his family and not seen or heard from since 1968 when he visited his brother, Fred Worley, in the New York City neighborhood of Washington Heights. After that, it was like he disappeared. Hmm. Well, he did. A little bit. So this discovery came as a shock to those who knew Dorian. Uh, She was said to have like a really realistic, calm demeanor and was never known to really get caught up in like conflict. A few theories have been posited to explain the corpse found in her home. So initially, it was thought that perhaps she was protecting the real murderer, perhaps the prior tenant of the apartment. This is what gets me hung up, is that she moved into that apartment in 1988, and it's unlikely that she really lugged a body from a previous apartment to that apartment, to a new one. Like, that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So maybe she knew the body was there and didn't want to, like, snitch on the last resident. Um, Another theory that some believe to be more likely is that Bobby Worley burgled Dorian's home, prompting her to defend herself. And this, I think on his his previous charges, I think he had like a history of like breaking and entering and like petty things like that. But why was he in his boxers? Point. And also what, what throws me off is like, what's with those pool tabs? Like if this happened after 1988. Yeah. Like what's with those pool tabs? Like, no, that's not. Yeah, absolutely. But not. also, yeah, you're right. I didn't think about the boxer thing. Like, oh, you just happen to break into my house and you're half ass naked. And you're like, naked? yeah, that's weird. It makes that doesn't make sense to me. I don't think that he broke in. There's something else. Uh huh. So that's what people that's one theory is that he broke in. And during that time in Harlem, violent crime was all over the place. Um, In an interview after the body was found, Dorian's friend Jesse Torres confirmed that Dorian did own a little 22 millimeter handgun. Some sources say that Dorian attached a note to the body reading, this poor man broke into my home and was trying to rob me. But this really hasn't been totally substantiated that there was a note. Furthermore, um, the the theory suggests um, that the reason she kept the body was because she was a black drag queen who yeah. lived in poor ass Harlem and right. didn't really have much chance. Like she didn't really stand a chance with the police, you know. But he, so he was in the fetal position. Mm-hmm. It's not. I mean, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Continue. I'm just gonna process. So others suggest that Dorian and Bobby had a turbulent romantic relationship that ended in Bobby's demise. According to Lois Taylor, the the woman that found the body, um, Dorian wrote a short third person story about a transgender woman who killed her lover after he tried to intimidate her into having um, sex reassignment surgery. Um, It was handwritten on a piece of yellowed paper. It looked really old. And the story seemed kind of loosely based on Dorian's life. It referenced... Um, breasts that the the character had breast implants which dorian had and she may have been taking female hormones too it wasn't okay. really clear that she if she identified as like transgender oh my god in this fucking this fucking article from 94 mm-hmm. says transvestite in it oh my god oh okay. well, i and i'm like i think that was i think that was just the fucking vernacular they use but it yeah was, oh it was so cringy but yeah so it wasn't really clear like i mean she had breast implants though so i mean that's pretty that's yeah kind of suggests that this wasn't just a like i'm doing a drag show on the weekends because it's fun like, yeah it kind yeah. of seems like perhaps she wanted it a little more permanent um and she may have also taken hormones, but the story included references to her life, including the Pearl Box review, the the show that she had done in the sixties. So it's kind of like, was that based on something? You know, right, right. So Fred Worley, Bobby's brother, 
Um, in that, he was interviewed in that New York Magazine article. He confirmed Bobby's involvement with Dorian. Um, he couldn't c- come up with Dorian's name on his own, but when the journalist asked if it could have been someone named Dorian, he said he was absolutely sure that that was the name of the drag queen his brother had been involved with. Um, Fred also said he didn't doubt that his brother was likely abusive toward Dorian, which could have led to her fighting back in self-defense. It's theorized that Bobby Worley may have had a lot of unresolved issues with his own sexuality, given that he was attracted to like a drag queen, perhaps like a trans woman. Um, There, someone did like they did some kind of play or something about about him. and I mean, I can see that just like a lot of uh, like oppressed feelings toward him maybe being attracted to a biological yeah. man. Like, so that made him maybe fucking to- toxic masculinity, you know. Right, right. So, and he just sounds like a pretty violent guy. Um, mm-hmm. So perhaps that's why he lashed out at Dorian. Um, Lois Taylor was able to get in touch with Dorian's sister after finding letters from Dorian's mother among her belongings after she died. So by all accounts, she pretty much was gone from, she was pretty much just estranged from her family. Like she didn't want Lois to tell the family that she was sick. Um, but I think Lois just felt like she needed to notify someone after she died. So Liz found uh, that the mother, Dorian's mother knew noth- knew about, did know about Dorian's breast implants in her lifestyle, but never shared okay. this with the rest of the family. When Dorian's sister asked Lois how her brother died, Lois told her it was from pneumonia. She said in the okay. New York Magazine article, I feel like this, honey, if the mother didn't tell it, who am I to open up my mouth? She's not really wrong no it's not really her response like you know her right or responsibility to do that no she at least gave the closure that he yeah she died um yeah but and i don't know it goes it's really it's really murky as to who knew about bobby if there was a relationship because clearly fred his brother feels pretty confident but Mm -hmm. Her friends, like Lois said that she never, um, that she didn't recognize the mug shots that she was shown of Bobby. So really her friends didn't know much, like if anything about him. Um, So I thought I found this article or I meant, sorry, this paragraph in the Atlas Obscura article that I thought was like really profound. Um, So I'm just going to read it. It says, How did Corey get away with murder? At least three factors may explain this. Corey's consistent cool and grace, Worley's estrangement from his family and the lack of documentation about his life, and the suppression of the corpse's stench. But perhaps the murder's obscurity is primarily owed to a fourth socioeconomic factor, the othering and invisibility of two poor, sexually complex Black people navigating internal and external turmoil in 1960s and 70s America. Yeah. Which that's like, that's a very illuminating um, revelation about this case. Because yes, I, and I probably should have mentioned like Bobby Worley was black. He was clearly attracted to people that were outside of the, uh, you know, heteronormativity. Right. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, there's not much, there's really not much of a revol- uh, resolution to this. I tend to think that they had a relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The boxers thing is what does it for me in all the beer tabs for whatever fucking reason. Like, yeah. maybe he was drunk and, like, sh- she was defending herself. But the dating of those pool tabs, though. Was when? The 60s? The 60s and 70s. And she When did he go missing? Well, they, he hadn't been seen since 1968. But she moved to that apartment in 88. And they couldn't date how old they thought the body was. No, it was real broad. It was like it could have been because it was it was so like it was partially mummified because it was wrapped up really tightly. 
and like this uh fake leather um okay. and because of that like it like no air got to it like we've talked about this before yeah yeah, yeah. Like, no air got to it so it was like kind of so i think it just disrupted the decomp of it okay so the they really couldn't say they said i think one one part of one of these articles said it could be anywhere from like a few months old to like decades old right right so i i'm inclined to believe that she she killed him in self-defense and moved the body when she moved i guess i get yeah i i think that might make the most sense like but how the you fuck know, did she move that just st- stuffed it in with all of her other shit it was in the closet for how long with all of her other shit nobody questioned anything when they got in her closet before. i just mean logistically like how did she um how, is how she- what it was wrapped in leather but what what was it like a leather like just leather fabric and the fabric sorry i'm trying to remember what you said yeah it just said um that was a big that was a big point for some reason in the New York Magazine article that it was wrapped in, is it Nagahide? Okay. Nagahide, the kind that they use for like fake leather jackets. Okay. Which, you know, now that I'm thinking about it too, she, she was a seamstress, like, Roll, bolts of fabric, baby. Yeah. Just look like a big I, bolt of fabric. But I just mean like, how did how did she realistically move li- literal dead weight like people do it all the time i guess like all the time and my thing was the the fetal positions what got me but then i had to remember that she probably likely moved his body and was able to bend him into a way that she could wrap and then fit him in a garment bag which is where right. it was found so it wasn't like he, i kept thinking maybe he was like cowering and had gotten shot and that's why he was in the fetal position and like that's what my mind kept throwing at me but that's not the case i really think that she had kind of like manipulated his body to wrap it more easily and fit it but and then you also have to think like yeah a lot of dead weight and he was mummified but by the time she probably had a, the body moved like a lot of that weight was probably gone. Maybe. And and the fact that like he wasn't seen after 1968 by his brother. Yeah. Who it seemed like he had some contact with. Right. Um Yeah. I I did read something that the I think it was Lois Taylor. It was one of her friends when they asked about when they asked about like how do you think this body like ended up where it was one of them said like i've been i was in her old apartment the one before harlem and they never smelled anything but i mean to be fair they also didn't smell anything in the new one like yeah the it someone said that she might have put like a ton of baking soda on it to neutralize the smell and then it was wrapped so tightly so i don't know that might not be a deal breaker that they didn't smell it right yeah because they didn't smell it that whole time that's insane that is just insane isn't that crazy yeah i think they were in a relationship i think he was probably a fucking asshole yeah um i don't want to say like i'm not condoning murder but i also kind of get it like yeah i mean it was a much different time i mean even now you know i'm not exactly sure that a transgender black woman would be safe to say oh it was self-defense right like oh they were the person was abusing me like yeah was like, that gonna be i mean yeah ha- there are wi- there are women in jail for killing their abusive exes or a- abusive mm-hmm. partners for life yeah you know because ju- you know so i i can't honestly not that i'm condoning violence but i can also understand the hiding yeah that's <laughs> fucking wild yeah <sighs> yeah well, crazy right that's yeah but i think i agree with you i think it makes it makes the most sense yeah. i don't i don't for a second think the body belonged to the previous tenant like <laughs> i know i don't think there's a way in hell no why would the previous tenant have a bunch of fucking 
Nagahide to wrap a body to. Like, and like, was the previous tenant the fucking seamstress? Right. And would you, I don't know. I can't see anyone really wanting to live with a body that they don't know about. Like, that they don't know who's, like, that they, Yo, were, yeah, yeah. they were responsible for. Like, yeah. Before you told me anything and you were just like, there was a, I was like, I wonder if it was like a guy who climbed into the closet and died and nobody oh, no. knew. That shit was fucking Yeah, but no, that was intentional 100%. That's wild. Wow. But I do, I, the reason I, I wanted to give some, like, some good background about her is that she should not be no. known only for this. And if anything, it was Killing that guy was probably low-key a little warranted. Like, yeah. Because there was yeah. probably no one to really help her. No. I, I bet, and I also wonder, like, maybe she was hiding that relationship from her friends for some reason. I mean, maybe they knew he was abusive and kept saying, you need to get out of it or you need to leave or, you know what I mean? Well, and they said that they didn't know him. A bunch of the friends said they'd never heard of him. They could also just be really good friends. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Maybe they're just... I mean, I'm just saying, like... Yeah. You know? The, uh, Lois Taylor, she's a bad bitch. Uh, at the end of this article in New York Magazine, um, the journalist said, do you think that's what happened? As in, like, that she... That Dorian was had to kill him. Uh, yeah. So the, the interviewer said, do you think that's what happened? And Lois, Lois said... And she kept she kept using the word honey, which I think is like kind of endearing in this case. Um, she said, honey, the boy's gone, right? She's gone, right? So don't nobody knows but her and the boy. So if they want to find out, they better do a seance and have them come down and ask them. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Yeah, you know what? Maybe they're all just fucking covering. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good on them, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, that's wow. So if they want to find out, they better do a seance and have them come down and ask them. <laughs> that's crazy. How funny. But yeah. I, mm. But that she was freaking iconic and she yeah. did a lot for that culture. And I guess these different houses, like the House of Corey, like they, I guess it was just sort of a a group of she was like the mother of like these little like baby drag queens and would kind of like watch out. That. She would like watch out for them and like um they would all kind of be in this like little pack together. And I think that's really yeah. cool. I think that's, that's so really, awesome. really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I want to watch that documentary too, Paris is Burning. Yeah, that sounds really like an awesome. Yeah. Hmm. Well. Wait. Yeah. Mummies and drag queens. Mummies I was, and I, drag you said drag queens and I was here for it. And mm -hmm. then you threw in mummies and I was even more here for it. Oh, yeah. A little bit of murder. Yeah. A lot of like sequins. Tons of mystery. Tons of mystery. Yeah. Well, thanks, Lauren. That was a fucking cool topic. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Nice. Um, I still have many questions. I'm still working some theories in my brain. I know. I honestly, I think. I think she just had to fucking kill the bastard. I think he was mm -hmm. probably pushing her around mm -hmm. and trying to get her to have a sex reassignment. Yeah. And she's like, nah. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And did they figure out what caliber bullet? So the from this article, it sounds like a lot of the police, besides the one that did the extraction of the fingerprints, did not want to talk. They were like not about um talking for this story. What? Yeah. Um but one of the cops, I think, estimated that it was a 25. Is that even a bullet size? I don't know. Now that I now that I listen to it, it kind of sounds fake. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's why I was like, I guess it is. A 25 caliber bullet is used in a variety of cartridges and it would work in a def as a in a defensive pistol. Is there such a thing as a 25 caliber? 25 caliber semi-autos were popular 
for most of the 20th century. That popularity had faded by the 80s and 90s. So you had just mentioned she had a little 22 mm-hmm. handgun, and that's why I was curious, like, the caliber. Would a 22 and a 25 be terribly different? But also, these cops, like, did not want to help. They did not want to talk to this journalist. So yeah, it even says when the journalist asked about the gun, the cop said, I think it was a 25. He said unconvincingly. So so yeah yeah it's a pocket pistol so very i guess similar so probably similar like and the friends confirmed that she had a little gun so yeah yeah she, she probably done it and she probably was kind of had a right too. yeah and justified in doing it mm-hmm. well yeah all right. yep so that is dorian Corey, not to be confused with dory and Corey, and Corey. yeah our <laughs> our future um our future after school special <laughs> yeah yeah oh Ugh. yeah crazy right yeah absolutely i can't get over that it didn't smell through all that i mean at least they she didn't just chuck like fucking christmas trees at him like that other story <laughs> like <laughs> the air freshener yeah <laughs> Like, what the fuck? I just imagine, like, the auto sprays just all going off at different, like, like every second one's going off like somewhere. Every and just one's going off. And they're Chris- all, they're completely different scents. Like, and just Christmas tree air fresheners just littered everywhere. Just, like, covering the body. Yeah. <laughs> Hanging off of, like, his ears and stuff. Yeah. At that point. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, do you have anything for padded room? Um, I just want to say that the uh, NFL is fucked up. Have you heard? What now? Have you heard about all this shit? No, um, I I don't really. Honestly, like I just I I, I tuned only, out from so much. So I've I only even know anything because um of a client that's like loves football and he this yeah. guy loves football and he was even like why do we even have an NFL like. Because it's just, they're so corrupt and they're so crazy. Uh, so What did they do? So Philip, his name's Philip Adams. He is a player for that team. You know, the Raiders, question mark. Okay. <laughs> um, he shot, oh shit, he killed himself too? Mm-hmm. He shot... Six people and killed himself. Okay. Concussion related? Uh, Like concussion related aggression? He had a chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which was brain. Yeah. Yeah. Brain damage. It's from too many concussions and it completely changes their personalities and fucks them up. Like Hernandez. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a, um, Sophie knows it. It's like a case she talks about a lot it, a wrestler that that i think happened to mm-hmm. so this says this is a usa today article in the adams shootings those killed included a prominent local doctor his wife and their two young grandchildren two men working at the doctor's home also were killed um and that i was told i don't know all of the details but like he was trying to get medication from this doctor, perhaps. And the doctor okay. was like, no, I'm not giving you that. Okay. And then he fucking flipped shit. And that's 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 the version I was told. He flipped shit and then um, killed everyone and himself, I guess. That's crazy. Yeah. Wasn't there a movie that Will Smith was in that was about, like, football players getting concussions and, like, the NFL just not giving a fuck. fuck I swear. Am I making this up? Mm, I don't know. I don't recognize that plot, but. Smith concussion movie. Oh, yeah. It's literally called Concussion. Oh, okay. I don't, I've never seen that. I fucking love Will, Will Smith. Smith stars as, well, Dr. Bennett Amalu, a forensic pathologist who fights again against the NFL, trying to suppress his research on chronic traumatic encephalopathy. I can't say it. <laughs> in CTE. Uh, yeah. Uh, brain degeneration suffered by professional football players. There's a whole movie about it. 
Isn't that it's in that's insane. Like this guy killed six people and himself. Like that's, yeah. This has got to stop. This is insane. That's just What the fuck? And then like Urban Meyer, that coach was fired. I don't know if that was anything scandalous or if he just Yeah, it was. Was it? Yeah, there were emails where he said like racist shit from <laughs> what I'm understanding. Um I think. Am I thinking about the same guy? I mean, it. I don't know. Probably this just like this just happened. I might be thinking about a different guy. Okay, let me not besmirch the name of this man. Oh yeah, the new Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer hired former Iowa strength coach Chris Doyle, who was accused of making racist remarks and bullying players. Okay. So it wasn't Ur- Urban oh. Ma- Meyer. Okay. I but Doyle seen. had racist remarks. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's corrupt as fuck. Makes no fucking sense. A lot yeah. of shit that they. I had this sociology professor that uh, likened the NFL to like modern day slavery, and I was like, hmm. "That's because it's like." A bunch of primarily not white men being kind of owned by these white rich dudes. And like, sure, they get paid a lot of money, but like at what cost? Yeah, just destroying their bodies for... For what? Like, yeah, a fuck ton of money, but then they fly off the handle like that? I don't know. That's my depressing ass padded room, but I thought that shit was crazy. That is, that is wild. I really don't know if I have anything. I'm trying to think of anything. I've just been so <laughs> distracted, <laughs> the, truthfully. The life of a small business owner. Yeah, my God. Like, I don't have time to brain at all. Like, my brain just doesn't function unless it's... The brain don't want to brain. Yeah, brain don't want to brain unless it's business. Like, I'm even dreaming about business now, and it sucks. Mm. Like, give me back my weird fucking nightmares and sex dreams, please, because this sucks. <laughs> There's this, I don't know if you uh, have heard of this or follow it, but there is a um, Instagram account called, I think it's called like small biz memes or something like that. Okay. And it's really funny. And I feel, it makes me feel really bad for small business owners. (laughs) Um, uh, Like this one, when customers call asking for the shipping design returns, customer service, subscription sales, wholesale, (laughs) retail, tech support departments. One second, please. Let me transfer you to me, 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 and me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I like think of you when I when I see <laughs> when I see this. Because it's like, God, this sounds awful. Yeah. Like, oh we'll we'll uh we'll have our people call yours and like my people is me. My people is is this, this one people. Yeah. I am I, I am the am, people. Yeah, I am a people and the only one. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I'm just kind of fucking tired. Um, I'm still pushing through with weeds. Okay, where are you? Where are you at? Uh, they're in New York now because she got out of prison. Okay, like, it sucks. We- I'm just trying to get through it because. Yeah, it's like you want to see it through. That's kind of how we are with, uh, you right now. Mm-hmm, we watched mm-hmm. it from the beginning because we kind of we didn't remember a lot of it and we wanted to see the third season and i'm just like it's just mm-hmm. like even creepier dexter because at least dexter was killing like bad people yeah well the only saving grace right now with weeds is that pablo schreiber's in it at the moment and like yep can get it down for that mm-hmm. so i'm good there um yeah, so that's really the only saving grace. Um, and The Witcher came out today, so mm. it's the 17th, so Witcher Season 2 came out, so I will start watching that. Um, I have not started Sex in the City because I'm trying to let some episodes accumulate before I, I get not, into it. Yeah, oh, did they not all come out at once? I wasn't... I don't think, I think it's only a couple at a time. Okay, yeah, I haven't watched that either. Uh, but I did read Horrible Things. <laughs> Um, as in like horrible things that happen in the very first episode that you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. So I spoiled for myself, but whatever. I listened um, to a very interesting podcast about the feud between SJP and Kim Cattrall. 
Mm-hmm. And I always thought I was on Kim Cattrall's side. I mean, not that I have any fucking business picking sides about something I know nothing about. Kim but- Cattrall is listening right now. And she's going to be very <laughs> fucking upset. She's going to be like, oh, now you're not on my side, you fucking bitch. Like, yeah. I thought it I thought that she had been in the right, I guess, because I always thought that it was about her wanting more pay and like, fair enough, like you can totally ask for more pay. And then the rest of them like turned on her. But now, I don't know, it sounds just very bizarre. It sounds like it did. It did start that way. But then it kind of sounds like the other the other women tried to like, make it better. And Kim Cattrall was just like, fuck you. And I guess um, the one thing that like blew my mind is that Kim Cattrall like lost her brother, I think, in like a pretty tragic way. And Sarah Jessica Parker like texted Kim Cattrall. Didn't like it wasn't like this cry for like attention, like, oh, I'm the nice one. Like she didn't post it on social media. She texted her directly. And Kim Cattrall like either tweeted it or posted it on Instagram and was like, you can save your pity. Like don't reach out to me like never reach out it's like bitch like she's trying to like express her condolences for your loss like in a very appropriate way i don't know but she so just to give her a little bit of credit though kim cattrall in that situation she was probably manifesting her anger over her brother yeah in an unhealthy way and so like they did mention that they were like well maybe she was just like mourning and like sometimes grief just makes you like yeah you know pretty uh makes you an asshole yeah like impulsive but but what they said that was the nice way i'm just gonna say asshole it makes you an asshole yeah and like fair enough but rightfully so but the thing but the thing is is like i'm pretty sure the post is still up (laughs) like Mm. so it's just like that's bizarre to me a little bit you know what all this talk of kim cattrall makes me want to do though Hmm. watch mannequin so badly I, you'll be disappointed in me. I don't know what that is. You've never seen Mannequin? No. Becky. Oh mm, stop shaming me. I suck at movies. No, I'm not shaming you. It's more of a like, please do that. Please do that. I loved that movie growing up. Very inappropriate for a child, probably. But <laughs> um, it's 1987. Oh, okay. Kim Cattrall. Prime. Um, oh, she was probably and- hot as hell. Yeah, I mean, she's always hot. She but is, yeah. but, like, she was probably, like... Um, and she's a mannequin that comes to life. You just gotta watch it. <laughs> you just gotta watch it. It's not a kid's movie. Okay. Um, Estelle Getty is in it, too. <gasps> Shut up! Yeah. What? So. Uh, do you mean Sophia Petrillo? <laughs> I do. I do. Um, but, yeah, so just, you, you, that is your weekend assignment. Okay. Watch Mannequin. At least, yeah, and then report back. Um, is it what genre is it? Is it like Like romance? Oh, is it okay? Yeah, all right. Uh, so okay, uh, do you want me to do socials? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh, Facebook is Chardonnay and sign DNA, Instagram is Chardonnay and DNA. Fuck Twitter. Uh, email is chardonnayanddna at gmail.com. The website is the same, but just .com, no Gmail. Uh, I think that is it. We have a Patreon, but we don't have an, we don't have anybody on it, so we really don't do a whole lot with it. Oh, womp womp. No, we don't. Yeah, weep womp. Um, oh. We have a shit ton of t-shirts. I can probably get it to you before Christmas if you want one. Buy our shit, please. Buy our shit. This is our shameless plea. Mm-hmm. begging that you buy our shit i mean slightly full of shame but you know buy it our shameful plea yeah that's better um okay i think that's it all right good night and good all luck right. you fucking weirdos uh happy whatever the fuck you celebrate this week yeah happy okay. hanukkah kwan kwan kwana christmas kwana kwana christmas we'll work on it yeah yeah all right all right bye bye, bye.